This is Michelle Richardson, and welcome to Sales Performance Radio. This is part one of our Five Types of Sellers podcast series. For the Five Types of Sellers series, we're going to start with the timid seller. Tony, I'm curious, roughly, in, well, in your experience, roughly how many, what percentage of folks that you see in sales training programs or just out in the field talking to sales managers and coaching reps, roughly what percentage of those are the timid type? Well, that really depends on how long they've been in sales. We find that new people coming into the sales profession will have some sort of timidness, and that's where a manager can help coach that out of them as they get more experience and confidence with having sales success Mm -hmm. will help them overcome that. So you're saying that those folks who are earlier in their careers are often timid types, but they can can kind of work their way out of it. Yeah, what happens is, is, is they get more confidence and they start to understand how to present better, how to have conversations with customers. They overcome some of that timidness that they may have. Now, there are some folks who they stay timid and really it's because they may not be a fit for sales. Maybe they're more an analytical type. Maybe they're more of a steady uh, introverted and they're just not really excited about selling, but it's the job that they found that they could get. And so that's the type that it really takes a lot of coaching and effort to get them over the hump. Or they may never, right? So, so they're wired a certain way that's not necessarily conducive or, or a great fit for sales. Some people are just like that. And I'm curious you've discussed two groups now. So you've talked about those people who are just starting out and they just haven't developed confidence yet, but they are cut out for sales. And then there's a group of truly the timid type. And that's what we're really going to focus on in this episode. It, it, you know, how many of those, what's the percentage would you say that you see of those roughly? I think it's a, probably a, a smaller percentage because they typically don't gravitate towards sales, but mm-hmm. some do. Mm-hmm. Um, in essence, There is a type that becomes timid, for example, when a new product is launched or new information is presented Mm -hmm. and they haven't really felt confident with that information or the product or how it would help their customers. And so they simply don't mention it or when they do mention it, they become timid because they don't want to feel embarrassed or get embarrassed in front of their customer. The other area where we see the timid type tend to struggle sometimes is around the issue of pricing. They're not confident in their pricing. Think in terms of this sometimes is temporary right? and it can be overcome. Other times it's an individual and it's a smaller percentage out there in the marketplace, but managers run into them because they come into the organization uh, and they're just afraid of selling. So a pretty small percentage that this group represents, but certainly that's a type that you want to be able to recognize early. Is this temporary or is this more permanent? This is just kind of who this person is. So let's walk through uh, some questions I have for you, Tony, about that, that type of seller when it's permanent. Like this is just who they are, how they're wired. This is not just a case of the nerves. So my first question is, you know, t- tell us about the common characteristics of this type of seller. What are you going to see in their behavior outwardly? Yeah. So you'll tend to see that they tend to be more shy. They're more nervous. 
they're not as confident when they're interacting with people. Maybe in a social setting, if you see them in a social setting, they're the type that kind of stays off in the corner. Mm -hmm. They maybe surround themselves with a couple of close friends mm -hmm. that they know well, but they're not going to just go out and greet people that they don't know. Right. They tend to shy away unless they're introduced. And so those are some of the characteristics that you'll notice. Unfortunately, many sales positions require the timid seller to meet and greet new people right. on a daily basis. Initiating relationships is crucial in a sales role, most sales roles. Yes, initiating contact, getting to know people. Uh, and so they may be very nervous and hesitant to do that. Yeah. And when they do introduce themselves, it comes across as awkward and sometimes just weird. Yeah, yeah, that stranger danger type person. I totally understand. Kind of more that introvert usually or has characteristics of what people qualify as an introvert. Maybe even that we can talk about this later when we get to this question, but that's some, one of the things you can talk about in the interview process. Do you consider yourself more of an introvert or an extrovert? Or would people who work with you closely, how would they classify you more in that way? We're going to talk more about interview process and how to spot these types, different types later on, but just something I wanted to throw out there. And keep in mind, there are very successful sellers who are introverted. They find ways to overcome that natural shyness because maybe they're driven to make money. Yes. They're, they tend to have an inner drive or competitiveness or assertiveness. What we find with the real timid type is there's not a lot of drive to really be assertive. Mm -hmm. So they don't want to come across as pushy and they're afraid of meeting new people. Now, you'll tend to spot these early on in their sales career mm -hmm. because they're not going to be selling for 20 years as a timid type. These are going to primarily be people coming new into the profession of sales. Sometimes because maybe they were in another career and somebody said, look, you can make more money in sales. So they mm -hmm. feel, let me try it out. Yeah, They're because it's not out. that they don't want or need money, right? Everybody wants and needs money. And they think sales is, you know, that's easy. Anybody can do sales, right? Well, I mean, sure, it's not brain science, but it is more conducive for certain types of people more than others, also depending on the selling environment. So when you have those folks who are the more introverted seller, that doesn't mean they can't sell. So just be, I don't want people to think that just because I said earlier, intro, that this type tends to be a little bit more introverted means that introverts can't or won't sell. Sometimes they can be excellent sellers depending on the selling environment, but their approach to selling is a little different. So this is even different from that type of seller too. Yeah. So when we talk about the timid, just think in terms of the sales process, a structured sales process that allows them to have structure from the opening of a meeting, how they introduce themselves, how they deliver their value message, the conversations that they have, asking good questions, really listening to customers. That can go a long way to helping people be confident because that's good selling. Right. What we want people to do is make sure that they are confident in how they approach the sales process. When you have a real timid person, it just is going to take a lot of coaching sometimes to get them over that timidness. Right. And in some cases, they'll never overcome it because maybe selling was not the right environment for them. So I'm curious to hear about some of the common challenges with this type of seller. It sounds like you're kind of getting there. But, you know, you have something very specific or clear that you can explain to the folks like the specifically the common challenges with this type of style. What do they do and what do they avoid? So a lot doing? of times, let's give you an ex example here. Um, let's say an organization 
for their sales position needs somebody with an engineering type background, mm -hmm. some sort of technical expertise or knowledge for the position so that they have credibility in front of customers. Well, there are some who can come from that background and they can quickly migrate into a seller role. Others, because they're very hesitant to be seen as a salesperson, maybe they're just they shy away from what they would consider natural traits of sellers to they maybe over rely on their product knowledge mm -hmm. or their technical mm -hmm. knowledge. And so they come across as choppy. It's not smooth. It's not natural. And they just go straight into, well, here's all the, the features and the technical mm -hmm. expertise of this particular product or solution. And yet it's not connecting to what's going to be a value to the customer. Mm -hmm. And that is the greatest coaching point is how do we help them overcome that tendency? That's where we sometimes see this timid type is they've got a lot of knowledge and expertise, their ability to convey that in a natural way, in a confident way, in a way that's conversational it's just not there. Sure. And while you can coach them, you can practice with them, maybe it's never going to be there. Right. Some will overcome it. Others can't. Right. Well, in spotting the triggers, the buying signals that those folks may not even see those buying signals, they might sell a product back to themselves. You know, they sold it to the customer and they, <laughs> they, uh, uh, talk them at themselves out of selling it to the customer um, they can have a tendency to be very verbose, but in a dry way. I think that's what you're talking about, being a little choppy. Yeah, and I'll give you an example of, of where a manager can really make a difference mm -hmm. in a salesperson's career. Um, so I was working with one organization, and they hired a lot of people uh, brand new out of college, uh, coming brand new into the market. This is their first sales position, et cetera. And was working with one organization, and there was a, a young lady, very professional, very aggressive and assertive naturally, but because this person was selling to buyers who were senior level type buyers, people who were uh, maybe double or even triple her age, she wasn't that confident because she felt that, well, they've got a lot more experience than me. So one way that we worked around this timidness that she, that she was having was we made sure that she had an agenda that she could use prior to any meeting. Mm -hmm. If the person she was meeting with tended to kind of be overly, let me just take you off track and not really showing that much respect, because that can happen with some potential customers, she basically would reference, well, you agreed to the agenda. Mm -hmm. And one of the things that we had her put on the agenda it, the very end of the agenda was a bullet that said, discuss next steps. Mm -hmm. That way it became more natural for her to have an agenda, stay on track, and then discuss next steps and help her understand that she was the expert in what she was selling, mm -hmm. not that particular buyer or customer. Right. So she could have confidence in that. And within no time, became a top performer in the organization, That's but struggled at the beginning. Yeah, and it sounds like the sales manager was doing a good <clears throat> good job by her as well in this setting this agenda up to be um, bullet pointed. So yes. you mentioned bullet points, which I think is a really important feature of that agenda because this type can tend to be way too detailed and provide way too much context, especially for decision makers who prefer things, get, get to the point, tell me what the value is, help me make a decision and present yourself as an expert so that I feel confident in your ability to, to do this. Yeah. And, and the key here is recognizing sooner rather than later, those people who just simply are not a fit for sales. Yeah. And in classes that I have trained, 
I've had people come up to me and say, you know what, this is not the profession that I want to be in, but it's the job that I could get. And sometimes helping them understand or having a path to find something that they're going to enjoy more, that's going to be more suitable for them, you're helping them. Yeah, it's a huge relief for them when they move into the role that is the right fit for them. And it doesn't mean you move them out of the organization. Maybe there's a different role inside the company that's a better fit. Yeah, and recently, for example, um, one of the organizations I was working with, uh, we were discussing really this type and was not having success and been struggling for three years. And Three years. In discussions, finally, the manager candidly asked, what would you really like to do? Yeah. And it was not selling. Oh, for sure. <laughs> and that poor person probably developed an ulcer in the meantime. I mean, yeah. People just need to do the things that they're wired for, and then they're going to be happier, more engaged, and they're going to bring their best self to work every day. Now, let's talk about spotting them before you hire them. So if we can avoid three years of somebody <laughs> struggling and a sales manager's time being spent on this low performer, how can we do that? What, what, do we, what should we look for in the interview process? Maybe some good interview questions or techniques. Well, one technique would be to have a potential candidate interact with other sales professionals in your organization and maybe do mm -hmm. some role play, yeah. right? Actually do some role play to see how well they do in that, in that type of setting. Asking questions around, why do you really want to be in sales? What are you hoping to achieve over in the next three to five years? What's important to you where you can really get to maybe some of their core values mm -hmm. and what they're looking to have fulfilled in their life can go a long way to helping you make sure you're putting somebody into a sales position that's going to be excited and enthused about that position. Yeah, for sure. And two, I would, I would recommend looking for the type that is very quiet in the interview and taking things in and processing. That's a classic sign of somebody who is less likely to be the type to initiate. You know, they're, they're, they're that more introverted style. Again, that doesn't mean they can't sell, but you've got some clues to tell you what type of seller you're going to get the more um, internal processor as opposed to external initiator of tasks and relationships. And depending on your selling environment, of course, one, is likely to be better suited than another. And we have to keep in mind that one of the driving things of this particular type of seller, the timid seller, is they're operating from a place of fear. Mm -hmm. It's really fear that is that is where they're operating from. So they're afraid of contact. They're afraid of selling. They're afraid of having conversations. Um, and so a lot of times what happens is if they're in a sales role, maybe they're in an outside territory, uh, they don't ever leave their house. They stay in the house using, you know, uh, doing research and getting ready to get ready to get mm -hmm. ready for the meeting, but never initiating the contact. And so that's where I highly recommend managers in the interview process have to be really clear about what the job requires, what type of activities are going to be expected, how much time is going to be spent either prospecting or working cold with calling. existing accounts, cold calling, um, you know, all the different things. Each, each selling position is unique based on what's needed for success in that position, but being very clear, here's what's going to be required, here's what you're going to have to do to be successful so that the candidate can recognize if this yeah. Potential position is simply not a fit for You them. know, another way I like to do that in the interview process or I recommend to clients is not to necessarily lay it out specifically, here's what you're going to have to do. Because people always think 
theoretically, when presented with these things, like, yeah, I can do that. Of course I can do that. Until they actually get in the seat and they have what I call their oh crap moment. And they're like, oh my God, now I have to actually call somebody, a stranger, and interrupt them in their day. So I'll, I'll often recommend asking questions like, tell me about times when you've had to um, in your career, even if they've never been in sales. So say this person has no sales experience, but in other uh, points in their life, in other positions where they've had to do activities that are similar to sales activities, like calling strangers and interrupting them in their day to, to <laughs> talk about their own agenda. <laughs> Well, several years ago, I was working with an organization and as part of uh, setting up a structured training program, was doing some field work prior to the training and got a chance to spend some time with their inside team where they were having to make 50 to 60 calls a day and was sitting with one of their sellers and the person was just, I was just observing and they were making the phone calls and for the first 15 calls, it was just straight to voicemail. That happens when you're in a calling environment like that. But on the 16th call, the person actually answered. The exact words out of this seller's mouth was, oh, God, you answered. (laughs) So they weren't prepared for the answer. They're actually hoping the person did not answer that they could get voicemail. So that's actually something that, you know, was easy to coach. Let's make sure you've got a clear one or two sentences that you can say when somebody answers and that it becomes part of your process. And quickly you can ask them a question so you can get them talking. Get them going. Yeah, Yeah, absolutely. And another thing too, you mentioned earlier about competitiveness and drive and um, very few people enjoy making 60 cold calls a day. Even top performing salespeople, they might get to a point where they like it. They might be the type that's always liked it, but I think that's probably a very small percentage of the population. The reason people will do it is because it's worth it to them. And this gets at the drive, right? So I I recommend asking questions around comp structure as well in the interview process to see, to uncover what makes it worth it to this person to put themselves outside their comfort zone day in and day out to do these activities because if they're not motivated by incentives and that's what your sales job rewards most, what makes it worth it to them to do these things? Nothing. Yeah, and we have to understand that in many positions, we're talking about a position where it's primarily making a lot of cold calls. Most sales positions, there's structured things in place either for lead generation other types of activities to drive prospects and business, existing customer base that they are inheriting uh, in a territory. But again, it always goes back to the position itself and where their time is going to be spent. And there are those positions out there where 90% of the time is going to be spent initiating cold contact. Now, we know that that's going to be a process that uh, can be more effective through a combination of emails, phone calls, etc. But again, it always goes back, I think, Drea, to what does the position reward? What's going to incentivize that person to do things that maybe they're not as comfortable with? And again, as people start doing certain things over and over, the confidence and the comfort be, you know, it becomes more prevalent for them, so it becomes easier. Mm-hmm. But we do know there are positions out there that it's going to be a grind. It's going to be hard. You got to make sure you're getting the right person for that position. Absolutely. You know, a lot of sales managers out there, I think... They are so entrenched in sales culture and what selling is, and they are they are the the prototype wired for selling, and it can be really difficult to understand that some people aren't right, and so they assume like if I keep chipping away at this, 
this person will change. I can change them. And have you ever seen that be successful? How often have you seen that be successful, Tony? Yeah, we, we, we see it a lot where <laughs> managers think, well, if I give them a lot of time and energy, I can change them. And maybe you can. But sometimes you don't have the time to devote to that. And you've got other people that need your time, energy, and resources. Mm -hmm. So you don't want to overcompensate for somebody that's really just not a fit for sales. And we have to keep in mind, we were talking about the interview process, Drea. Um, if it's an hour interview, people can prepare and psych themselves up. Yeah. And you may not see these traits because they've been really prepared for the interview. Mm -hmm. They can do it for an hour. And they can do it for an hour, but they can't do it for eight, nine hours every a day, day. <clears throat> every day. And so that's that's what we want to uh, really make sure that we're getting the right people for the position. Again, the awesome. timid seller, they're operating from a place of fear. Yeah, absolutely. Well, thank you, Tony, for that. Thank you for listening, everybody. We hope you enjoyed learning more about the timid type. We're sure you've seen them, loved them, and also struggled to manage them. <laughs> Join us next time for other types to learn about the other types of sellers. If you like the show, please leave us a review on iTunes or wherever you listen to your podcasts. We will see you next time.